Hi everyone, welcome back to Hitchcock University where you learn filmmaking from the masters. Okay, uh, so we're still in this area. Uh, okay, so we're still in this era where Marty has to learn how to be a quote Hollywood director or as he called it a professional. Um, and this is another step in that direction uh, because this is a commercial endeavor. This is a film that was largely designed to just make money. It's not it's not so much a personal exploration as he had done in the past or anything like that. It's it's really just a film so that the producers can make money off of it. Uh, it's it's a real movie for hire. And of course, the mo the movie we're talking about is The Color of Money. This is a sequel to the classic uh, starring Paul Newman called The Hustler, which is a phenomenal film, one of Marty's favorites. Um, I think it's somewhere on the IMDb top 250 on a number of top 100 or so lists. Great 50s black and white uh, character drama um, about a pool hustler who wants to be the best. And for a long, long time, there'd been rumors of a sequel to that. But it wasn't until the original novelist wrote a sequel to his book that the film had been based off in the first place that the studios really got interested in making a sequel to The Hustler called based off the book based off the sequel to the novelist's book, The Color of Money. So Newman approaches Marty because he's a big fan of Raging Bull, really, really loves what Marty did with Raging Bull and thinks that Marty could be good for this script. So Paul Newman stars in The Hustler, and he's, he's pushing The Color of Money forward because he wants to not only return to that character but wants to make this movie. And Marty gets the script, and he's not a huge fan of The Color of Money. And quite frankly, neither was Paul Newman, but it's what they had. So, But they sit around, and they talk about it, and Marty says, well, you know, we could do this, this, and this, and this. You know, has, has this kind of idea for how the story could go, and on that alone, Newman was sold. And then they bring in Richard Price, who Marty had, ha had worked with on some other scripts that never really came to light. Now, the important thing going into this film was that Marty understood the value of having Paul Newman on the film. He realized that it wasn't his project, it was Paul Newman's. And therefore, it had to be a commercial endeavor. You're talking about a fairly big star, even though he's much older at this point than he had been in, in you know, his heyday. He's still a big star at the time. And being a commercial endeavor, that's, that's very opposite of what Marty is. He's not really a director for hire, even though there's been kind of some balance there for himself. He still would always take on projects that he felt he had some kind of personal connection to. So Marty kind of took on a commercial film to see if he could blend a movie designed to make money and his sort of sense of values of trying to stay true to who he was. And he says in the book Scorsese Interviews, it's not important to make it bigger and with more money. It's important to remain true inside yourself and keep your own thinking straight. That's going to show up on film. So there were challenges that they had in the process of this, of trying to make it. So there's some problems that they had trying to remain true to himself. And one of the biggest issues was finding an ending. Because it's a commercial film, so the studio needs a, ha a, a happy, so the studio needs a happy Hollywood ending, right? Well, m that's not really what Marty does. I mean, if we've looked at the films in the past, Marty, Mar not a lot of happy endings in Marty in, in Marty's films. 
So he had to figure out a way to ride that line. And he hits on something that I think works really well. And if you haven't seen the movie, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ruin it, but but it is a little ambiguous in terms of what actually happens, but it completes a nice character arc, which I think works works well and is fairly satisfying. So because Marty realized that this was really Paul Newman's project, he and his writer Richard Price really tried to tailor the script to Newman. So what they would do is all three of them would collaborate on the script. Price would write, and he'd bring pages to Marty. And when, when Marty liked them, they'd get passed on to Newman. And then all three of them would kind of sit down and talk about it and kind of hash it out, flush it out, all that kind of thing. And through this, Marty was really able to get to know Newman and sort of almost rehearse with him and, and, and kind of figure out, you know, where Newman wanted to go and where he wanted to go. And if they came to a point where that didn't mesh... See, Marty might push in one direction, and then occasionally, like, if, if, if that wasn't what Paul Newman would, would do, he'd, he'd push in another direction. But they were always able to try to find a middle ground. Sometimes Marty would come back the next day with a different idea that he liked, and Newman would like that, and they were able to kind of work it out that way. Now, now one of the other sticking points that Marty and Newman had was really in the preparation. See, Newman wanted to rehearse it for two weeks, almost like a play which was really in contrast to Marty's looser improv style that we've kind of talked about. But Newman didn't like improv, so <laughs> that wasn't going to work. Um, and Marty was Marty was kind of nervous about this because this isn't how he likes to work. He'd never really done this before, and he was afraid that if it was rehearsed like a play, then it would just get stale, you know? And, and, and so there were concerns... Marty had some real concerns that that they were going to lose something in this process. But he says it actually worked really well and ended up saving them a ton of time and a lot of problems in the end. And one of the things Marty wanted to do was bring in this movie on time and on schedule, and he did better than that. And he credits this kind of two-week run that they did of rehearsal for that. In fact, he was able to bring it in a day under schedule and a million dollars under budget, which was... A big accomplishment for him and and was furthering that progress in turning him into a a professional or a quote Hollywood director now that desire to pre to 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 bring the movie in on time and on budget also pushed him to pre-plan the movie maybe even more so than he'd ever done beforehand like with the camera moves and all that kind of thing so the first thing he did was he went back to the hustler and he, he, he intensely um, studies the, the pool scenes. But he's careful not to try to emulate that movie either because he understands that this is a classic and you're not going to be able to emulate a classic. The best you can do is to hopefully add to it. So he's very careful not to try to, not to, try to copy what had been done before but to try to push it forward. And at first he thought maybe he'd shoot, shoot in black and white, but then he realized that's not really a good idea. Plus it's a commercial film, so that wasn't going to fly either. So instead what he decides to do is there's a certain point in the story where they go to Atlantic City. And what he, what he decides to do is plan, plan with his production designer and his DP to make everything before Atlantic City very kind of neutral and flat in the color. Almost monochrome, but not quite. And then once they get to Atlantic City, then the covers will become more lively, more rich and full. And that was kind of how he got around shooting black and white in a way that, that, that felt right for him. 
So let me break down those differences real quick. And let's kind of think about this. There's two big things that Marty does that up until this point we've we've talked about him doing in the past that now he's kind of straying away from. Two big elements of his process. One is there's little to no improv. Improv was always a big thing for Marty. And he's also straying away from emulating someone else, which if you look at films like, well, especially New York, New York, Marty's kind of taking a step back from those. And that's what I want to line out for you. Because even though he didn't do what he had done in the past, he still makes a film that's that's pretty successful and I think actually is a is a really good film. But that illustrates a point that that I've even heard him say is that there's no one process. There's no one way to do this film. There's no one way to do any film. You need to find out what works best for you, what works best for the people around you, the collaborators that you have. Let me back up a second. So the other thing is that the music of this film was influenced by the kind of music you'd find in a pool hall. But because it's a commercial movie, they needed a commercial soundtrack album because that was a big thing in the 80s. So instead of just sourcing music from his childhood that would fit the movie like normal, they actually had to go out and get some stuff written and recorded specifically for this movie. And that's another difference between what Marty had done in the past and what he does for this movie. And that brings us to this point. See, there's all these differences in what he's talked about. There's there's the kinds of music he uses. There's the little to no improv. There's not trying to emulate someone like he had with New York, New York. There's, there's no one way to do this movie. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to look at a number of filmmakers and think about and, and try to dig deep into how they worked, what their thoughts were about how to make a movie, what advice they had, where they where they didn't do things well, where they could have done things better, all through their eyes, because they're on the front lines of this. Because I wanted to understand other people's processes, and, and if there was anything I liked about it, then I could pull from it, or you could pull from it. Or if there's things that you don't like or you're not comfortable with, then you can, you can say, well, that's how they work, but that's not necessarily how I need to work. Because when you're talking about a creative endeavor that also involves logistics and technical things there's no one way to do anything you know i've had i've had key grips and gaffers tell me and that's the way you have to do it and then i have another guy <laughs> the next day tell me you know and that's the way you have to do it and it's totally different from the other guy but they achieve the same results and that's the way you'll find with most things there's for many things there's no one way to do it the question is does it achieve the necessary result and that's where maybe you you can take some of the things we've talked about from Hitchcock and now from Marty and whoever we talk about into the future and try to figure out how does what they do, does that work for you or for your project or for the people around you? And if not, how can you do it differently? So um, Marty says in Scorsese interviews that the color of money was a good commercial exercise for me. I learned a great deal about structure and style and learned what may not have worked. So all in all, this was a good exercise for Marty. And it's a movie that did well, and it's a movie where he kind of stepped into his own as being a, quote, professional. But at the end of the day, he really did this movie so that he could get his next film made, as it was promised by his new agent, Michael Ovitz, who, if you know anything about agents, you know that name. And the next movie is The Last Temptation of Christ. 
And then we'll get into Goodfellas and we'll get into Cape Fear. But it was it was the exercise of being a, quote, professional, a, quote, Hollywood director that helped train Marty for what he did after this, which we'll talk about in two weeks in our next class session. Uh, thanks again for listening. I've been Taylor Bickle. Uh, please tune in two weeks from today, two weeks from the day I post this, uh, where we'll talk about The Last Temptation of Christ. Thanks again for listening.